actually you're in the middle of the talk. So catch up. The last time we started talking about the notion of chuba, a return of repentance. And the idea of chuba is return to this really genuine, pure divine nature that is at the root of all of us. That no matter what happens, we say every Monday morning, by God, the soul you've given me is pure. And that pure, crystalline, shining, to be less than apple juice-like nature, right, is there all the time. All the time. It's always there. You cover it up with all kinds of stuff, we get it dirty, but all you do is really clear it away. Clear away the cobwebs. And that pure nature is there, waiting to shine. And we talked about that return to the present moment as a return of appreciation, of awareness, and also really taking responsibility. When we return to the present moment, we take responsibility for our experience, we take responsibility for our reactions. And that present moment is there at every moment. Parsha Re'e begins, Re'e, Anochi notenit nechem hayom. Bracha ukrala. See, I set before you today blessing and curse. And the spot of that says, today. Like today I set before you blessing and curse. Not just that day, but every day. Every day, every moment, this possibility of blessing and curse is set before you. And the question of blessing or curse is not the question of what's my external circumstances. The question is, how am I going to relate to those external circumstances? In that sense, every moment is a choice. Every moment is a choice. Every moment is a choice to be lost or to be present. To be lost or to be present at any moment. Every moment, no matter what the context of that moment is, that choice is available to us, to be lost or to be present. Now it's a little tricky, because it is a choice, but it's not always clear exactly that's a choice. Sometimes it just happens on its own. For instance, you're lost in some distraction. All of a sudden, you notice you're lost in the distraction. How did that happen? Right? You can sort of sit there and decide, oh, there's a lot of distraction now. Mindfulness just naturally arises. But once mindfulness arises, then the choice is there. And oh, I noticed I was off thinking about the movie I saw, and now I have a choice. I can be like, oh yeah, that was nice. I'm going to go back to the movie I saw. Or I'm like, no, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back to the present moment. So there's this sort of balance happening within us, which is always happening in the practice of the effort and surrender of the natural just kind of emergence of our basic self, our mindfulness, our presence. And at the other hand, the choice, the choice that is only there once that part of our self emerges, once mindfulness emerges. Because in fact, when we're not aware, there's no choice present. When we're not aware, we're just reacting. We're just reacting. An impulse happens, a desire, a fear or emotion, we just react to it, right? It's only at that moment when all of a sudden we're like, oh, hmm, there's anger. Okay, 
I can yell at that person, right? I can repress it. Or maybe I could just actually just be with the anger and see what happens, see how that feels. There's sadness, right? Can we just be with it instead of making, instead of reacting out of it? And to do that, we need to be willing to begin again all the time. We need to begin again all the time, begin again all the time, begin again all the time, right? Constantly going away, we're constantly beginning again. And if we think, sometimes people think, especially if you have like a good sit or two, and it's like, you're really focused. And you're like, oh, that's the practice, right? <laughs> I said that like focus all the time. But that's not what happens. That's not the practice. Practice is beginning again and again and again. Nachman Abrazov talks about this a lot. He talks about this process of hat-chalot, this process of beginnings and beginnings. And Rav Nassar, his sort of main disciple, said that Nachman merited what he did from the fact that he began every time from the beginning. And every time from the beginning. And often he says at one point in the Gdei Halachot, he said, sometimes Nachman would have multiple beginnings in a single day. Like, it would be, oh, we're starting all over again, starting all over again. Right? We just bring that notion, that feeling of beginning again, beginning again with every moment. Nachman says that all the confusions and failures of a person are from the many thoughts of yesterday and tomorrow coming into today. You notice that in their distractions. Distractions are always, they're always going somewhere else. Somewhere else than right now. He says, most people, he says, see themselves as gaining, as old. <laughs> so most people think of themselves, whether you're young or old, we see ourselves as old. What does that mean? He says, being old is thinking that we're stuck in our ways, that we're fixed in who we are. Right? And he says, asur liyotzakim. <laughs> it's forbidden to be old. <laughs> right? It's forbidden to have this conception that you think you're stuck where you are. Or you can't change. It's false. Change can happen at any moment. And we actually know that, and it's been fascinating in terms of meditation, a lot of interesting science in the last few decades, a lot of work on neuroplasticity, the fact that our brains actually change, melt, mold, and that meditation actually has observable impacts on the structure of our brain. Right? So we really can change. We really can change. And this is really the essence of tshuva. It's the willingness to start anew again each moment. It's to return again, to return again. We get lost somewhere, right? And we return again. Return again. Nachman says you should see yourself as if you're reborn every hour and every day. As if I'm born anew. All those things that I thought I was, all those things that I thought were keeping me the person I was, I'm born new. I'm re-emerged again, born anew. I can let those things go. And of course we do that, and those things come in again, right? It's not like, boom, it happens, we're all done. Okay, but then what happens? We're born anew again. We're born anew again. And it happens again with each moment. And this being born anew is this aspect of constant change, right? It's constant movement. In fact, we're always being born anew. Probably just, most of the time, we're not willing to recognize it and accept it. 
was I'm like, stop the being born new. I'm just going to stay the way I am. I'm going to keep it. It's like safe. It's clear. This is who I am. This is what I am. This is the relationship I have. This is where I live, right? But then things happen and they change. Right? And we're confronted with those changes, those changes which are unavoidable. Sometimes wonderful. Sometimes terrible. But the only safety, the only security, really, is the willingness to be with the change. If safety means trying to stop the change, then we're in trouble. Because there's no way to stop the change. Keep happening. We're going to get older. People are going to pass away. We're going to succeed at things. We're going to fail at things. We're going to be in love. We're going to lose love. All these things are going to happen in our lives, in every human life. And when we hold on to something and want it to always be the same way, it's an impossibility. We're going to suffer when it leaves us. But there's a way of being with the change. Just one of my teachers used to say, so we talk about focusing on the breath, with the breath, use that as our anchor. But when you get quite focused, when you're practicing for a while, sometimes what you do in the practice is you drop the anchor. You drop any anchor. It's not just staying with whatever rises, you just drop it to the anchor, and she says, and you just let it rip, right? And it's just like, you're surfing, whatever comes, you're just with it. And if you're very quiet, you're just with it. whatever comes, whatever's happening. It's a sound, it's an emotion, it's a thought, whatever's happening, you're with it. And you're seeing it very slowly, right? And change is happening all the time, and it's totally peaceful and all right at the same moment. Right? It's a sense of... You know, I imagine it's like surfing, and I've actually been surfing, so I feel like <laughs> I can really use the metaphor, but <laughs> what it looks like, it kind of looks like that, you know? There's <laughs> movement, you're sort of with the flow of the wave. Maybe somebody's actually done that, you probably speak more authoritatively than that. Um, but that sense of really being with that flow, there's a flow that's always happening, instead of resisting it, can we move with it? Can we be gracious? Can we be graceful? <clears throat> And we really recognize that in Shuva. The, the Kamara says in Kedushin, they're talking about marriage, that they're talking about Kedushin al Tanai, conditions on marriage. If you marry somebody and you say, like, I'm going to marry you on the condition that, uh, I don't know, you have a blue dress. Let's say, right. so if somebody marries a woman on the condition that he is a tzadik amor, he's totally righteous. The Gemara asks, so does the marriage hold? Right? Is it a valid marriage? That's the the child, that's the condition. And the Gemara says, yes, it's valid. Because maybe he did chuba. <laughs> right? Maybe at any moment he did chuba. It's like that possibility, that tonight, that condition is, it's always possible, it's always possible, just around the corner, just at that moment, it's always possible. Boom. Could be a tzadikamor. So the condition What would it feel like if we were really willing to do that? To just return to that sense of presence every moment. Why do we hold back? Fear, uncertainty, resistance, embarrassment maybe of what's actually happening in the present moment. Not really wanting to see it so much, right? Sometimes it's a little bit like I don't look at that that much. <clears throat> 
sort of feel in yourself. Maybe in the middle of your practice, there was something that arose and was like, ooh, that was, that was hard to be with. That was really uncomfortable, maybe. That was painful, maybe. That was confusing. That was unsettling. That was terrifying. What's, what's holding us back? What's holding us back to really being willing to be with whatever's there right now? And then ask yourself, if you feel like there is something that you felt like, or something you noticed at one point in your life, well, what would it feel like if you really were genuinely willing to be with that? What if you were genuinely willing? Would you regret it? Or would you be grateful that you've done it? Ponder that for a moment. There's tremendous liberation in that, and the willingness to go places we don't want to go, to see the things we don't want to see, necessarily. Tremendous liberation. And the paradox, of course, is that to do it, we don't have to give up anything. Sometimes we feel like we have to give something up or letting go, but the letting go is actually a complete gift. We let go and there's so much gratitude that we've been able to release that thing that we've been able to release. And it's hard. And we miss things all the time, right? And we miss it because there's a lot of noise going on. There's all kinds of things happening in our mind. That's totally normal. Kamara says in Yoma that if not for the sound of Rome, we would hear the sound of the sun. Great line, right? Not for the sound of Rome, which is like the, the representation of like, you know, society, commerce, everything we do, we would hear the sound of the revolution of the sun. I love that idea. Like, all right, we could just stop and not be overwhelmed by everything that's happening out there. Just stop for a few moments. You can hear the sound of the sun. You can hear that sun that's inside. I read a while ago the book um, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close by Jonathan Sacklefower, which is a great book, by the way, if read it. Um, and there's a, an older woman who's a character in the book, and she says this. She says, when I was a girl, my life was music that was always getting louder. Everything moved me. A dog following a stranger. That made me feel so much. A calendar that showed the wrong month. I could have cried over it. I did. Where the smoke from a chimney ended. How an overturned bottle rested at the edge of a table. I spent my life learning to feel less. Every day I felt less. Is that growing old, or is it something worse? You cannot protect yourself from sadness without protecting yourself from happiness. You cannot protect yourself from sadness without protecting yourself from happiness. That's a real truth. It's a powerful passage. But it's true. We protect ourselves from sadness. We protect ourselves from pain. We also protect ourselves from embracing the joy and the openness and the love that's available for us in every moment. That love and that pureness that's always there. In Chazakorit says the soul is praying at every moment, at every moment. Our task is just to tune into it. You don't, have to, you don't have to do the prayer, you have to stop all the other stuff and let the soul do its thing that's already doing. 
It's not easy, right? Jung, Carl Jung said, one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. The latter procedure, however, is disagreeable, and therefore not popular. <laughs> right? But after all, it'd be so much nicer and so much easier. Like, we just do this by kind of, you know, imagine light, it'd be lovely. But the reality is that it's only through the darkness that it happens. But through the darkness, the light emerges. The light's always there to come out. And that's it, it's all about coming home. That's what Chuba is. It's the return in our language to Tzion, you know? It's the return. It's Hashem's return. Pinchas of Koritz was asked how we deal with suffering and with what we call in our terminology hesterpanin, the hiding of God's face. He said, it ceases to be hiding if you know it's hiding. Just as soon as the awareness is there, as soon as we know it's hiding, it's like, oh, it's suffering. Well, then it's not suffering in the same way. Ceases to be hiding as soon as we know that it's hiding. And that's the process of tshuva, right? It's the process of, like, all the stories and the fairy tales of the young man who sets up on a journey and conquers dragons and all these things. And, of course, everything he was looking for was at home all along, right? The end of every, right? Every tale, right? But that's the real tale, right? It's the real tale. So everything we were looking for was right here all along. It was home all along. And all we needed to do was come home. And sometimes we still need to take that journey to come home. Right? It's not really to find home. The journey can be really important. But it's still all about coming home. It's all about coming home. And it's about coming home to who we really are. As we know famously, Reb Zussia said, in the world to come, I will not be asked, why were you not Moshe? I'll be asked, why were you not Zizia? Right? That's our task. Each of us will be asked, why were you not you? Right? That's your task. And often we're not ourselves, for all kinds of reasons. Right? We're pulled to be other people, from pleasure maybe, from flattery sometimes, from shame, from wanting to please others from wanting to have a certain persona or sense of self that we're presenting to the world, from wanting to be respected, wanting to be successful. Yeah, that's really inherently terrible things. But they pull us off our path. They pull us off who we are. We could be just who we are, but then a little bit of embarrassment comes in and we cut pulled, just right off our center, pulled off who we are. And that happens. That's the process. It happens all the time. Right? So we get pulled off. Oh, so now can we try to find our way back, back to center, maybe our next interaction, to be able to hold that center, maybe. To be able to hold that place. It's that process of finding our true name, right, which we see in the Avot, right? Avram, Abraham, Sarai, Sarah, Yaakov, Yisrael, right? Finding your true name, finding your true self. It's asking, there was once, later again, you'll be shocked to hear it, but there was a lot of uh, disagreement in the Jewish world. <laughs> Two cancers did not get along very well with each other, the Hasidim and the Mignagim. And at one point, the Mignagim were so upset at the Hasidim that they informed on some of them, especially the Balatanya, 
the founder of Chabad, and he was imprisoned actually by the Tsar. And actually, this is true. And the Chabad can still celebrate his the day of uh, his release this day. So he's imprisoned by the Tsar. And the story goes that he had a, the head of the jail was named Ivan. He came and gave him his food all the time, and they would have conversations, etc. And uh, Ivan said to him at one point, you know, there's something I've never understood. In the Bible, or in the Torah, it says, Adam and Eve, the, the, the tree, etc., and then they're one, God's one in the garden, and God says, Ayeka, where are you? He says, what, he doesn't know where Adam is? God knows where Adam is, why is God saying, where are you? And so the Balatanya turns to Ivan, and he says, Ivan, where are you? That's really our question. Right? Where are you? Ayeka, where are you? Every moment we can ask the question, where am I? Am I actually right here? Am I where I am? Or am I like actually somewhere else? <laughs> you know? Where am I? And can I be willing to be with that place? Because there's no escaping. Have you said to me once, just like, you go on vacation, and then unfortunately, you brought yourself along with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're trying to go relax somewhere, but there's no escaping the fact that you brought all the things and all the things you worry about, you brought yourself right along with you, right? And there's nowhere to go, right? There's nowhere to escape us. So the other option is to learn how to be with us, to learn how to be present with it. <clears throat> so, over this past week, as we were davening and saying halal every day, lovely, I was really struck by one of the psalms in, in halal. And it says, speaking of idols, it says, Pelahem velo yedabeu, enayim lahem velo yehu, vaznayim lahem velo yishmu, aplahem velo yehuichum, yedayim velo yemishum, ragleihem velo yalechum, lo yegu begonam kmohem yiru osehem, kol asher vatech vahem, they have mouths, but they don't speak. They have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. They have a nose, but they don't smell. They have hands, but they don't feel. They have legs, but they don't walk. There's no sound that comes out of their throat. As them will be their makers, and all those who trust in them. But Israel trusts in Hashem. Trust in Yerkeva. And that's really true. All these idols, these works of our hands, all the things we're attached to, all the things we're bowing down to instead of that one thing, they silence us. When we're caught in them, we don't sense, we don't smell, we don't touch, we don't see. We're not open to the full experience of reality around us. But the cure is tshuva, the cure is coming back is awareness, is presence. The cure is what they call trust in Hashem, in which is that ever-present being, changing, becoming, future, past, present, all in one. It's that constant sense of motion. It's groundlessness. And these idols, the attachment, the attachment to our sense of who we are, the attachment to the things we like, the attachment to the way we want the world to be, they feel stable, but it's just an illusion. 
There's a certain stability in the fact that they're dead. Right? There's no light. There's no movement. There's no interaction. There's no smell. There's no scent. There's no juiciness. But if you want to sense, if you want to be awake and aware, then we have to be with the change. And that's being with our breath. It's always changing. It's never solid, right? It's always coming and going. It's always transforming. And so the practice is just to open, to return each time to that which we projected, to let go each time of that which we're still holding on to, to stop demanding that the universe conform to our wishes, because it never will, and return to our openness, our willingness to be with all that change, with all that transformation the coming to being of a life of life and it's passing away. In the moment in the moment and our relationship and ourselves and our loved ones. We'll pause there. And as normal if people have questions, thoughts, comments, Um, when 